While many kids are making their holiday wish lists, the patients at Nationwide Children's Hospital are simply wishing they could be home. But you have the power to make their stay a little brighter. The moment you make a donation, the butterflies on the lawn at Nationwide Children's light up for our patients to see. And that gift brings joy, funds research, and the world's finest care. Please, light up the lawn. Light up a life. Give now at nationwidechildrens.org slash give. There's a reason Bowling Green State University is ranked number one in Ohio for student experience. Our in-demand degrees and life design program prepares students for their first career and their next. With an unparalleled support system at a national research university, BGSU offers an unrivaled experience, all on a vibrant campus in one of America's best college towns. It's also why Bowling Green State University is the number one school in the Midwest that students would choose again for the fourth year in a row. Welcome into a new edition of the Going Deep Podcast. I'm your host today, Kevin Masseri, here with Mike Bunt to talk about the game of the year. Bills, Bengals, so much on the line. The one seed's on the line. There is a lot of storylines. What is this Bengals offense going to look like without their left tackle? Excuse me, right tackle. What's going to go? Is is Hayden Hurst going to go? There's so much to talk about in what key matchups we're going to focus on. And we can't wait to do it. But we'll be right back with you from the Going Deep Podcast. Josh Allen, looking deep, going deep. To me, talking about the Bills, what else would you rather be doing? We're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the Cover One Network. Slings it deep downfield, Right now, I just want to talk about this championship level. I've never had a championship caliber team to talk about. I want to focus more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary? How do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop. Deep throw. And it is pulled in for the touchdown. Allen deep to the end zone and caught for a touchdown. Play action. You are now listening to the Going Deep Podcast with your hosts, Kevin Massari and Mike Bunt, live from the Cover One Sports Network. Here we go. Whew, Mike, what a day, what a you day, what a game. To the Going coming Deep this, Podcast. Coming soon, host. Mike. Um, I cannot wait for this game. What an intro drop that we have as well. Just wanted to keep it going a little bit longer, I guess. But coming off of a big Christmas Eve win, one that started slow, down at half, took care of business. They carry this into a much-needed game against the Bengals to take care of everything they need to do to lock up that one seed. I've tweeted the stats all week um, and tweeted the probabilities and odds of each position group. We'll get into that a little bit. But first, Mike, how are you today and how was your holiday season? Well, I'm doing a lot better today than I have been uh, overall the past week. Uh, the holidays were were enjoyable. I was able to get to my parents before the storm hit. So uh, I was with my family uh, the last four and a half days staying over at my parents' house. So that was good. It was kind of a bummer not to have um, my aunts and uncles, cousins around. But 
just like a lot of other people in Buffalo had to deal with the storm was absolutely crazy here uh, with the wind, the, the snow, everything involved. And it, it seems like the area can't catch a break uh, during the past month. Just a month ago, we had six feet. Now we're getting a once in a generation blizzard. But other than that, things are getting better. Roads are starting to clear up. And there's a very big Bills game uh, <laughs> six days from now. So can't wait to be talking about the Bills and Bengals on Monday night football. Some normalcy, right? Maybe the game, we call it, we're calling it the game of the year for the Bills. Uh, I think it's easy to do with hindsight, right? Uh, this, there is many situations that maybe this game didn't mean as much. Hey, the Bengals did start to a rocky start this season. Maybe the Bills had things locked up. Maybe KC dropped a game and it just wouldn't mean a ton. But, uh, but fortunately or unfortunately, no matter how you want to look at it, this game is definitely the game of the year. It's probably the game of the late season for the NFL. Definitely uh, one that they were hoping they would get with Monday Night Football. We all, always know the misses that Thursday night and Monday Night Football has with matchups. This isn't one of them. They actually scored right with this Week 17 game. Bills, Bengals, everything on the line. Depending on how you want to put it, whether they care about seeding, but it is an early playoff preview for the country and for everybody that, you know, has does Joe Burrow do enough to beat the Bills? Is he in that echelon? Is he better? Is he the one of the best in the league or not? Can the Bengals defense get it done? Looked rocky late in the game against Pittsburgh, against um, New England last week. Fumble away from maybe fumbling that game away and, and really putting some pressure on their division odds, which they haven't locked up, Mike. So a lot of different avenues to talk about this game and then losing Lyle Collins, their you know stud right tackle that they added to keep Burrow upright uh, with an already lackluster offensive line. So, Mike, as you kind of look at this game just right off the top, what are your early indications, early feelings about how this game feels, how it's going to look? Are you looking at this game as just a tune up? Is it super duper important for you? I guess tell me about your mindset and kind of how you're looking at it now knowing the rosters that both of these teams will take into this game. Yeah, early thought process. This game feels like a toss-up to me, a 50-50 game that could go either way. The Bengals got off to a rocky start to the season and had me doubting them for a little bit, wondering if last year's run was a fluke. But they've been playing great football the past couple months. They deserve to be in the conversation with the Chiefs and the Bills. And it is kind of ironic that – Early this year, we were calling Chiefs versus Bills the game of the year. And then they probably did have, at that time, the, the best game of the year. Uh, only to then have Bengals-Chiefs be the next game of the year, have <laughs> that game live up to the hype. And now you kind of finish it off with Cincinnati taking on the Bills. And if Buffalo wins this, they rightfully can call themselves the best team in the NFL, you would have taken down Cincinnati and Kansas City, owned the best record in the AFC, won both of those games on the road. So to me, I, a win by the Bills on Monday Night Football would solidify them as the best team in the NFL just because the gauntlet that the AFC is is a totally different level than what Philadelphia, Dallas, Minnesota uh, are facing uh, in the NFC, which is just much weaker overall. And then when we talk about um, this matchup, I, I am intrigued by uh, a lot of things because I feel like Cincinnati continues to uh, to evolve. I've made no secret about it. I, I believe Joe Burrow is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's going to be in that class 
I believe, for a long, long time. I've known who he is going back to when he was a freshman in high school and a lot of similarities between what he was then and what he is now. Obviously a lot younger and uh, smaller back then, but he's always been a guy that has had incredible accuracy and amazing intelligence on a football field. And it's going to be quite the challenge for the Bills. And not just because of Jamar Chase, but you have T. Higgins, you have um, Boyd, the the list of weapons this Bengals team has is very difficult to contain. So um, the Bills are going to have to have their best effort on Monday to to get a victory. And th- we can go into why this is important uh, in a minute, but there are a lot of reasons why um, this game is going to have critical importance to the Bills and their postseason uh, going forward. Yeah, and the Bills have obviously, we talked a lot about weather. I mean, they've had some crazy weather, Buffalo in general. We, you know, we, we spent the early portion of the show kind of saying what had happened here in the Buffalo region and the unluckiness with weather. And that goes back to the Jets game. Obviously, in, in Chicago was just brutal cold, one of, the, you know, one of the coldest games ever played. This Monday in Cincinnati right now, clear, cloudy, 60 degrees right now. Uh, 60, really? Oh, yes. my goodness. Um, so from 60 to negative 20, uh, in back-to-back weeks, Monday actually looks nicer than rain in 55 on Sunday. Uh, so by it being on Monday, it certainly looks like the bills could get some decent late season weather there in Cincinnati, Ohio. So, uh, it's going to be by all, uh, there's a lot of days uh, next week that could have been pretty bad. And Monday right now, isn't one of them. We'll see what happens only 10 mile an hour, seven mile an hour winds. Uh, so that shouldn't be a factor at all. And a slight chance of rain at night. So we'll see if that portrays its way into uh, Cincinnati next Monday night. So is looking decent. We'll see if those it, it is rainy there for that, that kind of warm weather. Uh, could that bring some precipitation? We'll have to see as we get a little bit closer to kickoff there. And, you know, it is still six days away. So we're going to have to see how that develops on the weather front. But the Bills certainly have, don't have any luck there. They have won some of these weather games lately, which is a great improvement from last year, Mike, where they were dropping some of these element games, whether it was New England uh, in Buffalo, whether it was the Colts game, which was poor. You know, if Isaiah McKenzie unable to return kickoffs, it was a mess. Um, so they're winning some of these uh, these cold weather, cold wind, snow, rain games that, you know, apparently only haunt the Bills. So we're going to going to see that, Mike. I tweeted earlier today, I wanted to bring up the luck factor. The Bills are one of the unluckiest teams in the NFL with fumble recovery rates, uh, with dropped interceptions, and a couple of different factors that go into that score as one of the unluckiest teams in the league uh, and still have only lost three games by a total of eight points. So the Bills are hot themselves. This isn't just a hot Bengals team uh, coming in uh, after their poor start, winning a bunch in a row. They did lose to the Ravens. They're still in a battle week eight. They This game actually helps them a little bit they still need to win week 18 um or they're they're the five seed so there's a there there is uh they don't have their division locked up you know the bills the afc east was supposed to be down at the wire the bills are now multiple games up on everybody in the division to where it didn't even become a race but cincinnati is in that race with baltimore to the point where they can drop it and still win that they have to win next week so it's going to be an all-around huge game for cincinnati with a lot on the plate for them having to finish uh, with not only the Bills, they got to go and get it done in Baltimore, Mike. Yeah, it's far from a gimme. This is one of those scenarios where it's not likely, but if the Bills were to lose against Cincinnati, it's still possible 
the Bills could get the one seed. They would need, obviously, the Bengals to lose against the Ravens, which is possible, and they would need Kansas City to lose one of their final two games. That's the unlikely part because they're playing against a Denver team that literally played one of the most uninspired games I've ever seen uh, on Christmas Day against the Rams and then close out on the road against a Vegas team that has nothing to play for. So that's why it wouldn't seem to be something that would be probable. But when you look at how this game will set up the playoffs in the postseason, I think it's critical for the Bills to get a victory in this game and to get that top seed. And the main reason why, it isn't the home field advantage. I know that's what a lot of people will point to when the the top advantage to getting the one seed. I don't believe that's the case. To me, the top advantage is you get a bye to the second round. Uh, when you had two teams getting a bye, obviously it was a lot easier to get there. Now when you're that one seed, that bye is crucial. That's one less week that you need to go up against uh, a top-tier opponent in the AFC the five, six, seven seeds all have teams that can put up points. So unless the Jets or the Patriots somehow sneak in uh, as a seven seed, when you're going up against potentially Baltimore, the Chargers, or even the Dolphins, they all have elite quarterbacks. Not that those tier one guys, but those tier two, uh, and then maybe with Tua, you would say, depending on the day, tier two, tier three quarterbacks that can put up 30, point, 30 points on you. So um, to escape that in the first round is critical. But then the hope is that you can get Cincinnati and Kansas City on that 2-3 line because what that sets up is a scenario where you can't play them until the AFC Championship. And if you do play them, you'll be playing them at home. So Greg and us, uh, Greg, Kevin, and I were, were discussing this the other day. In that scenario, say somehow the seventh seed does upset uh, Kansas City or Cincinnati in the first round. Well, then one of them just gets knocked off. And even if you play a, a tough six or seven, you'd rather take that than play Kansas City or Cincinnati down the line. And in the case that Kansas City and Cincinnati take care of business, you're most likely playing either Jacksonville or the Chargers or Baltimore in the second round to get to the AFC Championship. So to me, that's a much easier path than playing Kansas City or Cincinnati in the second round. And if the Bills lose, there's a possibility you can drop to the three seed if Cincinnati wins out. And then next thing you know, you're potentially going back on the road in the second round like you did last year against Kansas City. And that's really not something that it, it feel unfortunate after how well the Bills have played all year. So uh, it's it's crazy that after all these wins and putting all the this this incredible streak together, that a lot could be on the line in just this single game uh, on Monday Night Football. And as you kind of look at the ramifications of what could happen, there is a path to the one seed losing, uh, as you said. However, per odds, it's about twenty percent chance of it happening. Um, the odds have dipped greatly with a loss for the Bills to get the one seed. A couple weeks ago, the odds were at 50-50. Even losing a game, uh, the Bills were in shape to be able to score the one seed. However, fumble, Ramondre Stevenson fumble last week and a couple of other things. Uh, Denver not completing their comeback. Houston uh, fumbling, Davis Mills fumbling in overtime. A couple of those things have, have really pulled at the odds of the Bills getting the one seed. 
outside of a back-to-back win, uh, setting up for eight straight. Bill said this weeks and weeks ago, Mike. They needed eight straight wins to score the one seed going into the playoffs. And then, obviously, from there, another three wins to win it all. Uh, 11 straight wins the Bills would have to be on to really secure the Super Bowl. Can they do it? That's what's really interesting about this scenario. And I like this point about why the one seed's critical. Now, the one seed, hasn't it hasn't been very lucky to the one seed with how they finish. Uh, Tennessee's dropped games. Uh, KC lost as the one seed. Uh, it doesn't always mean Super Bowl wins. Um, you know, how do you play next week specifically when you don't know if you're going to get the bye or not? That's an interesting point of conversation. Uh, so there's a lot that goes into that. But you get healthy. Do you see Micah Hyde at some point pop up? Do you see Jamison Crowder pop up? Are some of these injured players um, eligible with that extra week? Uh, week? Also, you, you do get to avoid Casey or Cincy. You only would have to play one of them. You wouldn't have to play both. And obviously, all those games could be would be at home in that instance. I think so there are a lot point, of benefits. I think the second point is the most important one. I, I know that typically a talking point is health, and health is obviously very important to making a run. But the avoiding Casey or Cincy. Celebrity voice impersonation, not an endorsement. Why go to a single furniture store when you can go to Big Sandy Superstore? Shop and compare America's top five mattress brands, plus Nectar and Purple. And choose from over 22,000 in-stock appliances from the top brands at the guaranteed lowest price. Or furnish the room of your dreams with a large selection of American-built furniture. With financing plans for just about anyone, there's nowhere else quite like it. Big Sandy Superstore. Welcome to BreezeLine, where you'll get a Cyber Monday deal on lightning-fast internet to shop quickly and securely this holiday season. Get 1 gig internet for $59.99 per month and a $100 Visa prepaid reward card just in time for the holidays. Plus, free Wi-Fi your way to keep cyber threats out and shopping safe. Wrap up this deal and stay secure all year long. Terms and conditions apply. Offer ends November 30th. Learn more at BreezeLine.com until the AFC championship is the biggest thing because the NFL is a game of matchups and Casey and Cincinnati are a tier above the entire rest of the AFC outside of the bills. So you want to have an easier path to the AFC championship. So that's number one uh, to me. Number two would be the, the health. Number three is the, the home field slash buy aspect where you, you get a buy to the, the second round and, We'll we'll just see how it ends up playing out. I think when you're talking about an actual home field advantage, uh, where you're talking about the cold and how um, it gives the Bills an advantage or disadvantage against certain opponents, I don't really think that bad weather would really help out the Bills uh, against teams like Cincy or Kansas City. We saw Cincy last year go on the road against Tennessee and win. We saw Cincinnati go on the road against Kansas City and win to get to the Super Bowl. So uh, the the Bengals have already proven they can they can play in difficult environments and and come out victorious. Will they do they need to be a high scoring team? Well, not necessarily. Uh, when they played Tennessee and Kansas City, those were defensive battles that they won in the postseason last year. So since he can adjust their game depending on the opponent, and I feel the same with Kansas City. Uh, I don't think Mahomes playing in poor weather would really limit him. Uh, the, the teams that you would probably be talking about where Buffalo might have an advantage uh, if the weather is poor, and this is grasping at straws at that, is 
potentially Miami if the weather was really bad, not just cold like we saw the last game. Maybe the L.A. Chargers. Uh, obviously, Herbert, I believe, can play too, but can some of the other guys on their team. Jacksonville would be an interesting uh, situation. But we're really seeing great elite quarterback play on all of those teams outside of Miami in the fourth quarter against Green Bay. So with these, these teams that have solid quarterbacks, they can probably – battle through it a little bit better. Um, if you're taking on some of these weaker NFC teams and you're playing Washington or the Giants, yeah, you you, you are looking for bad weather. There's no way that they could come in and keep up pace with, with the Bills. But there's some elite quarterback play. The one outlier would maybe be Lamar Jackson, just because the Bills have had strength, have been doing very well against mobile quarterbacks. And if Lamar is limited to where he can't put it in the air, assuming he's healthy in the playoffs – it could slow the Ravens down enough to where they might not be able to keep pace with you. Um, but then again, they they have other ways of uh, trying to get on the board. There's a lot to think of um, when you really dive into the system um, of who you're looking to face. And I love this topic. Absolutely going to dive into a little bit more of the paths next week. I had that written down as our week 18 show talk about paths because I'm a paths guy, Mike, your college basketball guy. You know, we root for underdogs generally when we're in the tournament, unless your team's ranked the one year we got to experience that you root for underdogs and you have to look at your path. Now think about it from the favorites perspective, the one seed of the tournament, you're looking at your path to the championship, right? You don't want any of those gritty, good mid majors that you might run into early, you, you, you want more of the overrated guys that have been there, not really that good. Who's that in the NFL? The Baltimore Ravens. They're just not there to me. Tennessee would be another example of teams that would kind of fit that criteria of a standard four or five seed in the tournament that you don't think is going to do anything. That's how I feel with it. the NFL playoffs is a tournament bracket, right? It isn't to date. It is after week 18. It turns into a tournament bracket. It doesn't matter at all who the Titans have beat. It doesn't matter at all what the Bills have done week one against the Rams. It matters your bracket. Mm -hmm. I don't care what the NFC is doing that anymore. I care. I might just see, you know, kind of who progresses, but I don't really care about how wins look. And that's what Cincinnati preyed on last year was Evan McPherson field goals, lucky bounces, the turnover battle, things that aren't necessarily really um, achievable things that you can keep up. Um, So, there's a lot to think about when it comes to the tournament bracket. And Kevin, the one thing there, there was two four seeds in the Super Bowl last year. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's why the the smart football, the smart sports guys in general will often tell you now it's not the best teams necessarily that win the championships. It's the team that played the best at the most important times or got hot at the right time. I don't think anybody would tell you the LA Rams were the best team in football last year. They didn't right. have to beat the Chiefs. They didn't have to beat the Bills. They played the Bengals, which were a good team last year. Not a great team, a good team last year. And if they had played Kansas City, if they had played Buffalo, I probably would have picked both the Bills and the Chiefs by double digits over that Rams team. And in the end, it doesn't matter. The Rams get the glory, and they're going to be remembered for – for winning it all, but uh, in a lot of sports, especially stuff like the NCAA tournament, uh, you will have teams that make runs that are not one of the top five teams in, in basketball, but they just found a way 
uh, to get it done. Nobody's going to say St. Peter's was a top 25 basketball team last year, but they found a way to the Elite Eight, uh, taking down Kentucky early. So um, that's you're kind of spot on with this. It's possible you could have Jacksonville Jaguars go in the playoffs and be playing in the AFC Championship. You could have Tampa Bay or Carolina win a first-round game despite having a losing record. So it, it's about matchups. What do you do well? What do your opponents, what, what are their vulnerabilities? And uh, it's going to be fun talking about this once we have a more uh, clearer picture of yeah. what what it's going to shake and trust, up. And trust me, we're going to have this topic hard kind of that, that, to continue this conversation mm-hmm. and with Greg Thompson about what path would you want to have uh, going forward. The Bills need to get there first. They're already there. They're already in the dance, already in the top three seeds. Wayne, thank you so much for the super chat. I really appreciate it. Uh, Dispersal, Jeff, you must be smug alpaca um, if I'm going to make an assumption. And you did. You got Hurts at a really good price uh, late in our cover one dispersal draft. That's one of the – thank you, Wayne. That is part of the cover one Slack premium. Uh, Go ahead. We have fantasy leagues. We have a Slack channel. Uh, so make sure you a great T-shirt. Make sure you get up and sign up for Cover One Premium. It is amazing. One pass. Uh, it's really and, and to Wayne's point, we had a dispersal draft. Me and him, I believe this is Smug Alpaca, where uh, we were uh, the two new teams into the league this year, the Dynasty Cover One League, and he he had a pretty good draft. We both ended up going uh, pretty far as expansion teams, uh, which was which was pretty cool. Um, but anyways. Second, does Burrow have any tendencies that, that poorly match with our defense? Sure. So you're kind of looking now, you're getting into Joe Burrow a little bit. Um, the one thing that I like about him is his ability to find receivers. He's really good at it. He's really good at letting his players make plays safely. Um, you know, he kind of has that Josh Allen gunslinger in him. But at the same time, you know, you see interceptions from Burrow. It's the same story with Patrick Mahomes. It's the same story with Josh Allen. These guys are good. They throw a lot of passes. They have weapons. They trust these weapons. They're going to turn the ball over. I'm sorry. It's not 1998 anymore. Interceptions isn't the only thing that loses you football games when you have these top-rated guys. Now, Burrow, I think, will have some challenges with the Bills' secondary and how they play. Now, it isn't a specific player. It isn't Micah Hyde, for, for instance, who's who's hurt, but it isn't a specific player. It is more how Leslie Frazier and the defensive system works and operates. And I'm interested to see how does Burrow do against the cover two shell he started off struggling with to begin the year. Um, That's what's going to be the most interesting. And the Bills run it well. The Bills do a really good job. They built this, like we say on the show all the time, Wayne. They built The Bills built this team to beat the Chiefs. They get got sometimes by the other teams. They get got by the running, the control, the the pace, the, the jets, the sloppiness. They can get got or the wind of the Patriots game last year. They get got, they can get got in those situations because they're built to stop the pass. Um, you know, drive one last week. I tweeted out that some DBs are struggling a little bit with their assignments and they were, but they quickly arranged and quickly adjusted to be able to play a little bit better. And yes, it's Justin Fields. There's not much of a passing game there in general, but the bills were able to adapt on the fly with their deep and confusing cover two defense, which one side of the field's playing man, the other side's in a, in, in a cover two shell and in a zone situation, they might do a lot of mush blitzes um, where they're bringing certain players and dropping back others um, where they're containing. So there's a lot to, 
the Bills defense that is what makes it so good. It isn't just that, like, you look at the list and Dane Jackson struggles and you're like, mm, he's going to blow up Dane Jackson. The Bills defense isn't Dane Jackson. It is, he is one portion of 111th of who is in their zone. Commonly looks like he's is a weak link in that zone, um, but he is just 111th. And you'd like to see Elam in this press situation like you did against Miami good receivers and i do believe that the bills are really good they built they're built to beat teams like this the bengals run the ball pretty poorly um you know mixon's has less yards and uh production than devin singletary i wouldn't be i'm not he he's good i'm not overly concerned with the bengals running game the bills stopped justin fields to his lowest last week and are really good uh against the run when they want to be now they didn't mind miami running the ball maybe they go to a similar game plan this week to slow down the bengals passing attack they will let Mixon run that's just an example of what i have in my mind of what leslie frazier might do because they quite frankly don't think that Mixon can beat the buffalo bills um they think that the passing game of the cincinnati bengals could beat the buffalo bills so Burrow does have really good tendencies. He finds zones. Uh, he's gotten better, obviously, since the start. Um, you know, he is kind of like Josh Allen. Well, he'll get baited into an interception at times. Uh, and it is on the Bills to to arrive and tackle, or it's going to be a long day. Great play by New England's defense to knock the ball out late against Chase. That is what you need to win. Uh, and, the, and, the, and the Patriots defense did that. They played really great in the second half. I watched some film on that. And that, that the way that they baited him to throw to chase, knocked the ball out and should have won, but their offense is incompetent in my opinion uh, in New England. So uh, with all that being said, yes, Burrow has enough tendencies that match poorly with the Bills defense um, in terms of both ways, though, match poorly for him and also uh, match poorly for the Bills defense. So we'll see how that looks. I'm interested to see if he is going to find the soft spots. Is, is he going to take what the Bills give him? The Bills are going to play coverage, um, and now with the right tackle being out, we'll see the Bills' D-line has been pretty good this year. A.J. Epinesa has been getting after it. Uh, Greg Rousseau is one of the better defensive ends in the league, in my opinion. Um, the Bills have been pretty good, and now they've been good interior-wise, too, on the interior defensive line, Mike. So there is a lot to enjoy uh, about what the defense has done, and we keep dogging it. We keep thinking the defense is poor. It's poor. It's poor. It's fourth DVOA. Um, it got better, uh, lately and they're just sitting there as one of the better defenses in the league that no one wants to talk about being number two with points against, they really do buckle down in the red zone. Yeah. I, I think it's easy to dog this defense because they don't have Von Miller anymore. They don't have Micah Hyde and they, they lack the, the big name superstars outside of Jordan Poyer. Um, but th this defense has talent all throughout. Even with Trey not being the, the same version of him that we're accustomed to, it's still a great defensive line. It's still one of the better linebacking cores in the league. And when you got Jordan Poyer, you got Trey, you still got some good guys uh, in the secondary. And what's going to be interesting to me with, with Cincinnati is how did the Bills contain um, their their star wideouts? Obviously, Jamar Chase is a freak. Uh, the things he can do on a football field are are special. But then you have T. Higgins, you have Boyd. That's three guys. So the Bills, they've struggled against number one wide receivers, uh, slowing them down this year. But they've actually been pretty solid containing number two and number three wideouts. So is there going to be a guy that the Bills basically let be the guy that – obviously you don't want to have anybody exploit you, but will they say, we'll let you have some of yours, but we're going to try to shut down the rest of uh, this offense. And then – 
you look at Burrow, like you said, he's he's going to make mistakes every once in a while. That's what happens when you throw the ball as much as he does. But he is a special talent. There was a time when he was coming out of LSU and we were coming out of the second year of Josh Allen uh, after the 2019 season where I actually said prior to that draft that I would trade Josh Allen straight up for the number one overall pick to take Joe Burrow. Now, I wouldn't make that trade today because I, I obviously love uh, Josh Allen and He's been tremendous for the Bills, but I had that much conviction uh, in Joe Burrow that he was going to be a, a superstar. The guy is in the top interval of intelligence of any quarterback I've ever seen. Um, I, I know player comparisons are bad, but I, I always think of Peyton Manning when I think of Joe Burrow. I think of a guy that uh, dissects a defense. He already knows what's happening before he takes that snap. He knows exactly where the football needs to go, and he has the accuracy to get to put it there. And when you have these guys, they're top three receivers, and you know you can just throw it up and they'll make plays for you, that's something um, – it's almost a cheat code. It's something that Buffalo really doesn't have uh, for the most part outside of Stephon Diggs where you have wide receivers that elevate the quarterback. Burrow can make these throws and not fear the consequences because he knows worst case scenario, they'll just bat the ball down and Buffalo hasn't really had uh, that, that fortune this year. So as far as this game, I don't know how the, the bills will uh, contain Burrow, but it does seem like the Bengals can sometimes be all boom or bust where they kind of mm -hmm. are dependent on uh, explosive plays. And when they're not coming easily, to them, they can get frustrated. Uh, they can have some series that don't end up going as strong. Like so, when like we're looking at this matchup, I, I feel like all year Bills fans have been slightly underwhelmed by the Bills by the Bills offense, despite the fact that DVOA and most of the the traditional stats, uh, in addition to that, think the Bills offense is very solid. When we think about Cincinnati, we'd be like, oh, my God, they're tremendous. Well, when you look at the DVOAs, when you look at the metrics, the Bills' offense is actually better than what the Cincinnati offense is. So it, it is kind of interesting. I, I wouldn't think that off the top of my head before looking at the numbers. But um, like you said, Devin Singletary is comparable to Mixon. In fact, you look at mm -hmm. what the Bills get in their rushing game from Josh Allen and then James Cook now, and you could make an argument that the Bills Rush game isn't... Celebrity voice impersonation, not an endorsement. Why go to a single furniture store when you can go to Big Sandy Superstore? Shop and compare America's top five mattress brands, plus Nectar and Purple. And choose from over 22,000 in-stock appliances from the top brands at the guaranteed lowest price. Or furnish the room of your dreams with a large selection of American-built furniture. With financing plans for just about anyone, there's nowhere else quite like it. Big Sandy Superstore. The Jeep Black Friday sales event is here with incredible deals on a wide selection of Jeep 4x4 vehicles. Now, well-qualified lessees get a low mileage lease on the 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee El Laredo 4x4 for $469 a month for 39 months at $3,739 due at signing. Tax, title, license extra, no security deposit required. Call 1-888-925-JEEP for details. Requires dealer contribution and lease through Stellantis Financial. Extra charge for miles over 32500 Not all customers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery from dealer stock by 11 23 Jeep is a registered trademark that far behind uh, the Bengals rush game, even though uh, DVOA would say the Bengals have a slight advantage there. The real 
when you're when you're looking at everything, the real thing that the Bills have an advantage over Cincinnati, if you're looking at the advanced metrics, is the Bills' defense is considered better. Uh, that that's the one real real difference when you break it down. The Bengals' defense is is around middle of the pack, and the Bills' defense is considered elite. So, are the Bills going to be able to get pressure on Joe? That is probably going to be uh, the difference in this game with with the Bengals missing the right tackle. Are they going to be able to get to him? Because even though Burrow has some mobility, he can be a statue in the pocket at times. Early in the year, that was a problem. He's corrected it, and now they've taken off. And last thing I want to say, Kev, because I know this is a long, long-winded answer. When Von Miller, since Von Miller has left uh, with his injury, the Bills' win rates have actually gone down slightly. Rousseau has gone down a little over a percent. Ed Oliver with Von Miller off the field has gone down about three and a half percent, three percent overall. AJ Epineza is the one player that's actually gone up a little bit. And now he's up to six and a half sacks on the season, which is a, is a surprise to a lot of people. So what bills pass rush are we going to see on Monday night? If we can see them get to burrow, get in his face, cause some poorly timed throws, the bills could give the Bengals problem. But if Burrow has all time, all the time in the world to throw, it could be a long day for the Bills' defense. So, yeah, so all the DVOA metrics do match up well for the Bills. Obviously, their defense has been in good shape all season. Uh, number seven against the pass. They're actually number three against the run. Total unadjusted is fifth. Um, limited variance, meaning there's really no luck. Their schedule's third toughest. They play the third toughest set of, of, of offenses in the league. Um, only down to the Jets, who have to play the Bills twice, is the reason that they're probably ranked higher. Um, than uh, than the Bills. So the Bills aren't playing cupcakes. Yes, they got Chicago last week, still a dominant run game, and the Bills got better DVOA against the run. Uh, so very into, and they played that well. And that's why, you know, like we talked about to start the show, would love a team like Baltimore uh, early on in the playoff system here. And let me but ask as you a question. Yeah, go ahead. And I want to tackle RJs in a second. Yeah, because I do want to I, I do want to get to that. Have you ever seen a Bills team, because I'm sure this happens with other teams across the NFL, that has had a 12 a record as good as they have right now, with the metrics saying they're the best team in the NFL, with mm-hmm. the metrics saying they have a top-five offense, top-five defense, the strength of victory is the tops in the NFL. Their strength of schedule is among the tops in the NFL. And yet we still have fans doubting what they're seeing. It's it's contrast to so many years of when the bills sucked and fans wanted to see every little positive thing. It doesn't line up. And the only thing I can think of is with all the Super Bowl hype before the season, that's right. Fans are seeing some of the vulnerabilities that every team across the league has, and we are heightening them to a level that is not realistic. And I think it's a fear mechanism because we all started believing it's Super Bowl or bust. Even at the the best, it was never Super Bowl or bust. Uh, right now, you might have a 20% chance, 15, 20% chance. And that's even if you're the top seed in the AFC. So I do think there's some PTSD with, with the fan base after the last two playoff losses because everything points to this being a good team. I'm not saying they're going to even get past the first round if they lose to Cincy. But it the everything, my eye test, the metrics – I don't know why everybody is so afraid. Right. Now, answer your question quickly. Um, it's because of guys like Nick Wright, 
Um, and we all like to act like we don't care. Nick Wright's a troll. He's a clown. We don't like him. He's garbage. Um, he just likes to troll for clicks. It's puppy. We do though. We listen to something like that where I've seen the statistics since week six. The Bills were dominant till week six. They were beside the weather game of, of Miami. And one of the best rebuttals, guys, by the way, is anyone ever asks you about like, oh, all you do is complain about the sun. Just tell them let's switch sidelines for each game. One in Buffalo, one in Miami. We'll switch sidelines then. Shouldn't be a big deal. Let's just switch sidelines each team, each each city. We'll go with it. Let's it's not a big deal. We'll both switch. Um, and we'll go that route. So um, for me, I think a matter of beside that loss to Miami, you were getting some dominant victories. They were taking care of business. They took care of KC, picked off Patrick Mahomes in the game. Uh, Josh, it looked pretty good. You know, then goes on to get hurt. And, and you know, we, we know what happened from there. But because we listen to people like Nick Wright and others on Twitter, whether Bills fan or not, say things like he's only 26th in the league and Josh Allen was the reason the Bills were going to win. I'm a quarterback wins guy. I do think it matters. I think this team is three or four games, five games worse without Josh Allen, period. They played him hurt over playing Case Keenum. That should be everything anyone needs to know about what people think about quarterbacks winning football games. Uh, and it is just, it isn't just a team stat. It is, there, there's some team element, but it is uh, quarterbacks do matter in terms of quarterback wins. Now we'll get into that in the offseason a little bit more, or it was a good offseason topic. But when it comes to what happens, we're listening to that. 26th in the league here, only ninth in the league in passing touchdowns, 15th in the league in yards, 23rd in yards per attempt. You know, what, whatever uh, snippet we want to take for, for during his injured stretch, in weather stretch, and we're going to extrapolate it, and we're going to say he's been poor. Now, good. The, the, that's not bad to me because they're winning these games that they were losing in the past. That's a positive sign that the team, that should be a positive sign for anyone who says, well, no, it's a team stat. Wins are a team stat. This shows that it is a team stat, that the Bills are able to dominate and win in defense and find the ways to run. And the Bills have found their running game. You know, Nick, Nick Wright mysteriously forgot all of Josh Allen's rushing stats. He is the best dual threat quarterback in the NFL. The best. Is he the best runner in the NFL? No, he's third or fourth. Is he the best passer in the NFL? No, he's third or fourth. He is just like DVOA. He is the best dual threat quarterback in the NFL and approaching history, the best dual threat. He, you, you, when he's in trouble and other teams panic, he can run the ball for 30 yards like he did against Miami. He is that good. Okay. So that's, that's what you got to remember about Josh Allen. He is the only, and he's going to do it twice to have 4,000 plus yards and 750 plus yards running the ball. That is not normal. That is the best dual threat quarterback ever to play in the NFL to the state. That doesn't mean he's the number one runner. Being the number one runner doesn't make you the best dual threat quarterback. Being really good throwing the ball and one of the best runner, you're the best dual threat quarterback to ever play this sport. And we'll see if that comes true in 10 years. Now to, to RJ's question, they're a big play offense, right? So I'm going to read a quote here from Burrow himself, not Kevin. Um, Playing against defenses, it's give and take. We think if we start running the ball a little bit better, that will open it up and teams will have to get out of this Tampa 2 shell. The first, the first half, we were in first and 15 like every series. So we're going to have to get third down defense, and we're going to go – it's going to be tough to convert in, uh, behind the stick. So we got, uh, we got to eliminate those early penalties and start running the ball better. Stay on track for the chains, and we'll be able to take more shots and stop struggling against cover two. Guess what the Bills are good in? That exact thing. So – so that's a direct quote from, from him himself. They're trying to make big plays. It's the same thing you might knock Josh Allen for. And for some reason, he's the one that gets it on the chin the most. 
Patrick Mahomes a little bit occasionally. Tua gets some issues, but he's more conservative. It's this, it's this, it's Josh Allen takes the brunt of the struggles that quarterbacks have with cover two. Um, you know, he's making big plays. He's pressing into double coverage. There's no reason for Josh to throw that ball to Isaiah McKenzie against the Bears. There just really wasn't. But he's trying to make a big play um, in that situation uh, against the Bears. He, he thought he had a luck. He, he missed the shell, the dropping uh, corner. So he, so he didn't make the right read. But that is what this defense does. Bills are really good at it. Um, and the Bengals have gotten better in these situations than they were. Obviously, they had a pretty poor start against. And they, they just still historically cover against Tampa 2 coverage. And that's what the Bills are built around. The Bills are built around beating these type of teams and even more so than a team like Tennessee or New England still being able to get them on the ground. Um, You're going to see the Bills, quite frankly, allowing them to run the ball, and it's going to be annoying, Mike. And, and Kev, it's one of those things where, yes, we do get annoyed when another team runs it all over the Bills. But you know what? I'd rather be annoyed while allowing 20 points that right. be annoyed right. because we allowed 35 and lost a, a shootout 35 32 and like you said it is how you you build a defense now you build defense to stop the powerhouse offenses and what do the powerhouse offenses do they throw the ball and they throw it a lot and to your point really running for teams like Cincinnati Kansas City Buffalo it's really a tempo thing. Sometimes you're trying to kill some clock, and then sometimes you're just trying to keep teams honest so you can go back uh, to the, to throw in the ball. And Buffalo's case a little bit different because some of these cold weather, bad weather, uh, bad condition games, you do need to lean on the uh, running the ball a little bit more. But uh, overall, like you said, the the Bills are built to to attack teams like what Cincinnati is going to do. Now, does that mean the Bills are going to contain them? I have no clue. They could allow 40 points. They could allow 17 points. But normally what I, when we watch the Bills, we go into a game and we're like, oh my God, they're going to struggle against these three star wideouts. And then at the end of the day, the star wideouts will combine for 150 yards. And we're going to be like, how did the Bills shut them down? Well, because each game is a specific matchup and you can't take too much away from your previous games because you don't know what the Bills are are keeping for later matchups you don't know what they're holding back on uh i'm confident the bills are going to have a a solid game plan going against cincinnati is this going to be a shootout i have a feeling it's it's not going to be one of those 35 32 games Uh, these are normally those games where you you expect it to be a high scoring high flying game and then normally ends up being 24 21 or something like that so uh it's going to be interesting how how it does play because when you do list the matchups, it doesn't sound good for the bills, but that's why it's all about scheming and figuring everything out. Yeah. And it isn't going to be Elam versus Higgins, white versus chase. The bills run a cover two defense. So there's going to be, you're going to cover certain portions and certain confusing portions of the field for the receivers, right? Yes. The lineup. Yes. That player might come into that zone, but that's not how the bills traditionally play man to man coverage. And to, con- to kind of complete kind of the whole gamut of the of the Bengals season, uh, the Bengals saw less coverage and wins over the Dolphins and the Jets is a note that I had. Um, and they went to man to man. Cincinnati didn't call a single run against the Jets when they were in cover two. Um, and they only ran a couple of times out of it against the Dolphins for a total of 10 yards. Um, so they didn't, these teams are late in the middle of the year, weren't following kind of the plan that the, that the, um, Bengals were struggling against, and it didn't include a lot of cover too. And Burrow then goes on to mention that, 
uh, in, in the first win of the season, I believe week three, mentioned that getting uh, ahead early allowed the offense to do more to push the ball downfield, what they want to be doing as the tendencies of the Bengals. And after the Miami Dolphins victory, he said the Dolphins played a lot of man coverage, which was a bold strategy against my receivers. And it allowed him to hit on deeper shots. So guess what? The man coverage thing might not be what the Bills are going to go to, which would lead, unfortunately, to maybe the Bills thinking that Dane Jackson plays his zone better than other corners on the roster. Whether you agree with that or not, I, I don't. I mean, I, I'd like to see Elam in the game always. Um, but I don't know that Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier are going to agree with us uh, that that's the right move. They want the most zone veteran guy that they have, and it might be Dane Jackson in this specific game. So it's certainly not Chase versus White, Higgins versus them, uh, Taron Johnson versus Tyler Boyd. Yes, those players will go into zones and uh, and possibly play man-to-man in certain confusing situations that the Bills do show tendency to do on one side of the field, like the interception against Mahomes. He was in a zone on one side and a man-to-man in the other, and he read the wrong side of the field and threw an interception into the zone side. Um, so there are going to be confusing elements to that all day, but um, specifically the Ravens went, and this is the game that I that I watched specifically, Ravens-Bengals in the first game, Ravens won. Um, so following a couple of those Bengals wings, the Ravens then were like, um, no, we're going to play cover two. I don't know what these teams are doing playing this heavy man-to-man stuff. Ravens played a too high heavy scheme exclusively. Obviously the Bengals only scored 17 points and dropped to two and three. Um, and then Burrow mentions how soft the Ravens were playing, um, forcing them to, to go short. Um, and, you know, still Burrow was struggling um, and they took away all of our deep shots. So they were really soft and they were giving a lot of, 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 of zone looks and the Bengals offense really struggled with against that uh, specifically uh, to go. So against average formation widths, like widths, uh, so further away from the line of scrimmage, softer boxes, the Bengals struggle. So they struggle mightily with uh, with soft boxes per some advanced statistics. So that's what you're going to see. Um, and I would be shocked if the Bills go away from that mic um, and play some man heavy system um, that you're going to going to see. And weeks five to seven, the Bengals are ranked 27th at running against the soft box. So um, we'll see what that, how that turns out to be. So there's a lot, uh, a lot that goes into, you know, how you would defend a really good pass offense. But I think the one thing that the Bills specifically have figured out is, is that especially lately after the AFC championship game a couple of years ago, when they're like, we have to correct that portion of the game. And then they go and lose to it again in the division round. Uh, last year and the bills are still retooling it, but they've been pretty good uh, against past happy teams minus Jacoby Brissett late in the game and a couple of other and Justin Jefferson, when they lost some injuries or in that game outside of a few small instances in little chunks, the bills have been pretty good covering the pass, Mike. So um, ultimately there are those warts. It is actually worse than their run defense. Um, but I do believe that uh, the bills will have a plan uh, about how to stop this high powered offense. And it isn't man to man. It isn't Boyd versus um, Taron Johnson. It isn't chase versus Trey white. There is nuance and there is multiple people that are, that are involved with how you cover someone like Jamar chase. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing that we haven't even talked about so far is how is, how is the Bengals defense going to stop the bills offense? So uh, we, we can be scared all day about Joe Burrow and their weapons, but the Bengals have a huge test in front of them stopping the Bills' offense. And uh, 
like I said earlier in the show, it's 12 and three right now with a huge point differential in three losses by a combined eight points. And in hindsight, you're like, how did we lose to the Minnesota Vikings? How did we lose to the Miami Dolphins and even the Jets game? All those games could have been victories. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things where the Bills are the the better team on paper going into this this matchup. And Josh just has to not have some of those costly mistakes uh, that we've, we've seen a little bit too often this year. Uh, it, it seems like the only thing stopping the Bills for the most part is themselves. And a lot of people are going to talk about the, the turnovers that Josh has this year. But when, when you are aggressive and you take chances – it's going to happen, and a lot of Josh's aggressiveness is what leads to some of the magical play, magical plays that he he also does um, on a weekly basis. Now, in this game, it's going to be it's going to be difficult for Cincinnati to to limit the Bills' offense in in this matchup. And I think something that's been really encouraging to me in recent weeks is that I think the Bills now are starting to get the balance that they had at the end of last year that really made them unstoppable. And when I say balance, and I've I've mentioned this during shows in the offseason, I'm not talking about 50-50 run pass. I could could give a crap about that. I still want the Bills passing it during the bad weather because I know their opponents aren't going to, and Josh can still get things done um, when their opponents simply can't go to there. The balance I'm talking about is when you need to run the ball for two yards, being able – to get that push and get that first down. And it was a big part last year after the the Patriots lost where they started focusing on the run, focusing on playing December football. And by the time they got to the Patriots playoff game and the Kansas City playoff game, the offense was just cooking on all all levels. And yesterday against the Bears, I know – Saturday against the Bears, I know Chicago has a horrible run defense, but they had no answers for the Bills. No. Cook was on fire. Singletary was on fire. Both of them should have had 100 yards. I know Cook was uh, a yard short, but this comes after uh, another good running game uh, a couple weeks earlier. And we've been hammering the Bills' run game all season, and some of it rightly deserved, but they're the only team that's run for over 100 yards in every game this season. For some reason, people don't like to count quarterback rush yards uh, for the running game when it includes the Buffalo Bills, but when it's Justin Fields rushing for a thousand yards or Lamar Jackson rushing for a thousand yards, we, we talk about how great those teams are at running the ball. But when Josh Allen runs for 740 plus yards through, uh, through 15 games, it, it doesn't count for the bills. And you look at the yards per carry, James Cook is at 5.8 yards per carry. Uh, Allen is at six, six point, I think five or somewhere around there. And even Singletary is around five yards per carry. So this team knows that when it comes to this time of the year, you got to get it done in a bunch of different ways. And even though Allen has made some mistakes in the air, when they put that threat in you where they have an answer to almost anything that, that they're going to see, it's going to be tough for, for teams to keep up with this Bills Bills offense when they're playing like this in the cold weather. Because the, granted, take whatever you want about weather, how much does it really limit teams? The Bills have an answer to attack whatever you present at them. The the question always with Buffalo is execution. And are they going to make mistakes that get in their own way? Uh, I, when the bills play clean football and avoid just the stupid mistakes and undisciplined errors, 
they are the best team in the NFL. You see other teams that will lose games because they just simply weren't the better team or they had some vulnerabilities. The Bills, when they lose games, most of the time it's because something stupid that they did to themselves. So um, is Cincinnati on that level? I'm not quite sure Cincinnati is there. Cincinnati's close, but I don't think Cincinnati is a team that is unbeatable when they're clicking. They're still beatable. Um, the, the question is, what version are you going to see of them? Right. And what's interesting about the Bills, they are 16-4 and four in their last 20 games since the aforementioned stretch of that win football game you brought up. 16-4. and four. Their four losses, 13 seconds. Uh, the, the ridiculous Vikings game, the Dolphins weather and injury game, and the Jets game. Those are their only four losses in their last 20 games. It isn't a situation to where that's good. I mean, 80% win percentage, uh, you get things done. And we we all have criticisms, myself included. My game day feed probably um, airs more negative. But it's only because I expect this team to win the Super Bowl. Special teams last week wasn't Super Bowl winning special teams. Their DVOA actually dipped. I'm glad I feel vindicated. It went from third to seventh. Uh, it was poor. Um, and it's been poor against Miami. I need that to stop because you're going to lose teams like Cincinnati and you're going, everyone's like, well, the special teams didn't cost them today. That's not the point that did, did I think it would necessarily give them a fat L against the bears. No. Um, it's that they play in Cincinnati this week could give them a fat L and the playoffs. I need to see the special teams not make those blunders. It goes from, from, from bass. And that was a weather thing, hopefully to, to return coverage and other issues on the special teams unit. It's been holdings. a few weeks now. I mean, yeah, Miami, Miami, the roughing the, yep. the punter. Roughing the punter. Uh, yep. There was a yep. good kick return yep. by the Dolphins early in the game. And yep. I'll just throw this at you and see what you think of it. Sometimes I wonder, and not the special teams mistakes, but sometimes I wonder if some of the, the undisciplined or poor mistakes that the Bills make are almost a little bit of arrogance where they're so good that they're not worried about a mistake here or there costing them uh, a football game where Josh makes that throw to Isaiah McKenzie, not, not noticing Kyler Gordon and throws it into double coverage in a 20 mile per hour wind thinking, what the heck we're, we're going to find a way to score a lot more times in this ball game. Mm -hmm. And I, I almost wonder if that, if that's a possibility, they would never say that because you'd come across as very arrogant uh, and almost not respecting your opponent if you ever admitted that. But you see when Josh is in the playoffs, a different version of him. When we've seen him last year against uh, against Kansas City and then uh, the game before uh, when the Bills went 7-for-7 seven seven against the Patriots, Josh was almost unstoppable. You weren't seeing him force balls into bad windows. You weren't seeing him make dumb mistakes. The Bills were focused. They were playing confident. And I almost wonder if we see a different version of them in the playoffs because of that mindset. Obviously, the defense couldn't hold it off. But when Nick Wright brings up the regular season turnovers, I'm, I'm one not to even really think about it too much because how many of those turnovers were critical? How many of them were um, were were crucial? Obviously, we know turnovers cost them in uh, the, all three the of Vikings the Vikings game. But over the course of a season, they can get away with turnovers most of the time. And it's because, because he's a lead. Nick Wright, he, he picks stats that he knows – 
are going to back up his point. Nick Nick Wright knows that the Bills are a formidable opponent, that they're one of the top teams in the NFL. But he's also a Kansas City Chiefs fan that loves just getting that reaction from his opposing fan base, just like Bills fans go on Twitter and we like to talk crap with the Dolphins. We like to talk talk crap with the Jets or the Patriots. It's just having fun with it. And I will say this about Mm -hmm. Nick Wright. I actually do think he's a highly intelligent, smart person. Uh, He wouldn't have gotten to where he is without being so. I know like some of these guys like Colin Coward and stuff like that, they troll. I think if you had a genuine conversation with Nick Wright, man-to-man off camera, he would acknowledge that Josh Allen is an elite quarterback, that he respects him, and that he's a legitimate threat. But you got to get paid, and you got to pay the bills. And uh, sometimes that leads to you saying stuff on air that you might not believe off camera, but uh, if it gets the clicks, if it gets the eyeballs, at the end of the day, you're doing your job. Right, right. Um, Allen shines in primetime. The only primetime game he's lost in the last two years since that new, since the New England win game is 13 seconds. He absolutely dominates when the eyes are on him. He's very good in these situations. It's one o'clock. I've always said back to Jacksonville last year that sometimes you can get got these primetime games when the lights are on him and the Nick Wrights are talking and everything else is going on. He's dominant. He's All super the losses good. At one o'clock. Yep. All the losses at one o'clock. It's these primetime games when a lot's on. And when limited on the line, he tends to scale back. Uh, the less that's on the line, the more you can get him. And I think that that's true of any natural competitor that needs a huge stakes, huge stakes this week. I don't anticipate any of those issues as you get it going on against the Bengals on Monday night football. Um, so there's just a lot to kind of break into this performance and I do believe that the Bills are going to come in with a really good defensive game plan as they do I liked someone earlier say about the Rams game plan offensively I think that that's right I think you're looking to limit Burrow on the field but at the same time you have an offense that doesn't need to do that you should be able to keep up you should be able to play whatever the game is going to dictate if it is a drive situation how good they are off script how good Josh Allen is in two minutes how good he is at the end of the games. That's amazing to see. He could have a terrible second quarter, which they've been good in the second quarter. He could have a terrible first quarter. He could struggle in the third. But that last drive, whether it was a game that they've struggled in or not, um, he knows how to control the game, to control the script, and do what he needs to do to get it done. And he's done it in every single game, minus the Jets game where uh, he got sacked, got hurt. And still almost hit dig uh, Davis deep uh, to to bring that in field goal range. He's done it in every other game that's been needed, that they've been down, tied. Uh, and then obviously they're six and three in the one score games. That's kind of corrected itself uh, lately, too. So, Mike, we're coming up on 840. Uh, we know we had a late start. Uh, we really appreciate everyone tuning in for this hour. And I was three points away from my score prediction last week. Um I need to see score predictions as we get into this. The Bills are a lot on the line. The Bengals, a lot on the line, division, stuff like that. They still need to win next week. But, Mike, let's hear what your prediction is this week. And I'm going to get to my prediction in one minute. But first, Greg Thompson has a quick special message. We have to wait for Mike. Hey, guys. Cover One is excited to announce our new partnership with BetUS. BetUS has a live wager in on all major games, the best betting variety in the business, and an easy deposit and withdrawal process with the fastest payouts in the industry. 
Our loyal Cover One fans get a choice between two exclusive offers, either a 125% sign-up bonus on your first deposit up to $2,500 or a free $50 bet with no deposit required. Just use promo code Cover One on the links provided in the show description below. Bet US, where the game begins. Now, you can ask me, did I play that uh, promo right there because we're an hour in and I just realized we hadn't played it yet? Or was I trying to buy some, buy some time to come up with the prediction because I hadn't thought about it yet? And both of those are technically true. So I am going to go Bills 27-24. I feel good. Mm-hmm. I think, I think Buffalo is going to find an answer to contain the Bengals, not stop them, contain them. And in the end, Josh is going to make enough plays. The Bills are going to get one step closer to clinching that one seed, uh, heading into the final week of the season, needing that win against New England. Yeah, throw your throw your predictions while they're live. If you're on demand, throw them on our YouTube channel. Thank you. Please smash the like button. That means so much to us. Please, five stars. I'm going to pick someone to give away a signed card to. Five stars on Apple Podcast, please. Uh, smash that like button. Put your score predictions in. I'm feeling generous this holiday season. Anyone who gets closest on the score prediction, I might have a special surprise. So whether you're on demand live or not, put your score predictions on our YouTube channel right underneath this video. Um, Cause I'm going to do this probably weekly from now. And I'm going to select a winner. I have the bills winning this game. Um, I have the bills winning this game all season. I can't change my prediction now, even though I predicted four losses this year. So I don't know. Uh, I needed them to get to the fourth, but it's not going to be now. Um, I do believe that the bills take care of business. I have them 31 20. It's a score prediction that I've had in my head from the start of this show. Um, and that's where I'm going to lean. I think the Bills defense causes two field goals um, that are going to come back and haunt the Bengals late in this game, and they will get enough to get it done. The pass rush is going to show up against the first time the Bengals have had to use a new O-line all year. How lucky is that? One combination this season, they're going to have to go to their second this week, and it's going to cause them fits for an O-line that's decent to average, that has historically been bad. Um, you know, we're going to make a move and the Bengals struggled mixing and matching last week when that happened. So we're going to see, I have the bills taking care of this by 11 points, uh, much covering the spread uh, and the over. So Mike from the going deep podcast, we appreciate everybody tuning in here over the last hour. Uh, thank you so much for a new time. We were hoping maybe a guest would come on. Uh, so we had some changes in the schedule and the weather uh, throwing everything off. So we'll be back at you with our normal time slot to talk about this game specifically maybe a little bit about the Patriots, but we're going to do more of a review next week of this game as, as, as it's really big. And it will be the night after the game next week as Monday night shows Tuesday at seven. So tune in here to the going deep podcast, always from the cover one podcast network, the best network in all of, of Bill's fandom. So we really appreciate everyone tuning in. We hope everybody has a new, a great new year. And as always, we will see you next uh, Tuesday at seven And we hope that everyone uh, enjoys this new year and hopefully a locking of at least the two seed with a victory and well on their way to the one seed with a victory. So we'll see you guys here next Tuesday at seven. Josh Allen looking deep, going deep. To me talking about the Bills, what else would you rather be doing? We're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the cover one network. Right now, I just want to talk about this championship level. I've never had a championship caliber team to talk about. 
I want to focus more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary? How do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop. Deep throw. And it is pulled in for the touchdown. Allen deep to the end zone and caught for a touchdown. Play action. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.